0: Welcome to Meet Yourself, Learning Through Living with Lucy, conversations on self-discovery and revealing what we really want out of work, life, relationships, and ourselves. As the clock struck midnight when she turned 30, Angie realized not only did she not like her job, but she was blaming her entrapment on external circumstances like society and family. She decided no more excuses, let go of her own chains, and set off to define her own calling. As she went from tech to fitness to podcasting to life coaching, each time she discovered new things about herself that continued to provoke curiosity and propel her down this amazing life path she carved. You'll learn about fears around judgment, imposter syndrome, how guilt plays a role in our choice of work, how to test drive with your, quote, dream life in small steps without blowing it up, limiting beliefs around money and work as a digital nomad versus as an immigrant in the United States, and more. Please enjoy the show. So I'm super excited to welcome Angie here today. Angie is a digital nomad, podcast host, online course creator, and community builder. She enjoys exper- exploring how to empower people to go on their own journey through transformation, through movement, writing, and other forms of creativity. So basically she's done and explored a lot. <laughs> and I am, I'm so, I'm so, um, I'm just so excited, um, to have her here.
1: Yay! I'm so happy to be on your show, Lucy.
0: Thank you. Yeah, so Angie and I, um, we met through uh, Paul Miller's small group coaching. Um, it's a it's a coaching group with um, people who are early in their career journeys and want to, um, you know, figure out what their what their path is and what they want to explore more of. And I think from the very the very first um, class um, or session, we immediately connected. Like everything that like I said, I think resonated with Angie and then everything she said, I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, is this my twin? Like what's going on here? And, um, so, uh, I, 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 since then we've, um, we, I know we've had a couple of back and forth and then I feel like every time we talked, I've, I've learned something new about not just you, but also myself as well. And, um, and so I would really love to, um, just kind of give the, um, the viewers and audience, um, a little dive into your story, you know, where you started, um, all the basically like the major events that have happened that kind of led you to this point. And, um, and then we'll just take it from there.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much for your introduction. I, I definitely feel like exactly the same, but you are telling your story. So I was like, wait, is she telling my story. <laughs> so about me, I, I was like, I said in literature and sociology, for my academic background so I was like deep down I'm this hippie person who just want to serve all the time even though like now I realize I don't want to serve but like I feel like I when when I was when I was very young I know that working in a like regular day job was not a thing for me but then I after I graduated I still feel like I should be fulfilling what the society wants me to do. I want to be a person who works in a prestigious industry or job. So I went to work in tech as an AI product researcher. When I found out when I told people about this title, I always feel like there is a there is a sense of powerlessness when I was telling people what I was doing. And at the same time, I started to live in a gym that give that gave me so much empowerment as a tiny tiny Asian female. Whenever I, told, well, I was traveling around the world and I told people that I did powerlifting, they always changed their perception of me. And that really started making me think that what do I really want for my life? And I know that through studying literature and sociology, empowerment of other people is always something that I really want to do. So I wanted to use fitness as my medium of empowerment. And that's why later I decided to quit and become a fitness coach.
0: And where were where were you working at during that time when you f- said you felt like a sense of powerlessness?
1: I was working at a think tank, like a huge think tank, a two thousand people think tank for ta- in Taiwan. So it's very hierarchical. A lot of like power, power apart, <laughs> powers, uh, relationships that is building all the time in the company.
0: Yeah. Yes. Got it. Yeah, right. and and when you um so you you mentioned that um that when you were there, uh when you were at the gym, that's when you kind of felt like, you know, that you had more power. Um and what um I it was it that sense of can you describe more what that sense of powerless like felt like? Like what It's does that like mean?
1: whenever I I start a day and I already look forward to get up work and go to the gym. I hop on my bus. I start. I walk into the office. The first thing I say to myself when I walk into the office is, "Why am I still here?" Wow! When I see when I, when I when I say hi to my coworker, it was like, "Why are you still here after so many years? How can you stand all this?" It's my this like loop of dialogues happen every single day in the office. But when I really turned, I think for, for me, I always have this idea of turning 30 is something huge for, for female living in Asian countries, mm-hmm. at least in Taiwan. And I was so afraid of that. But somehow, when I was turning 30, I suddenly let go of it. Like at 29 years old, I, would, I let go of it. I thought like nothing's going to happen. I, my pay is really well compared to the average Chinese salary. I, I get to lift every day. I look good. I feel good. I have so much money that I can spend on like living a good quality of life. So I might just like right away, and doesn't really have to make a huge change of my life. But then all of a sudden, when I was turning thirty, that midnight when it's turning from eleven fifty nine to like twelve o'clock, hitting thirty, suddenly just shake my existence. I was like, I was not being responsible for my life at all. That for for all my life, I keep blaming me. Uh, blaming my my staying in the company to like the society or like oh my parents want this from me but I was actually just making excuses so I don't have to make any change I don't have to take any risks for my life I was so so shaking that I didn't know how to perceive everything but at that time I had this blame for myself still I was thinking that I will still go to the office and everything will stay the same but then immediately I took the train back to Taipei, stepped into the office I started bawling. I don't know why I couldn't control myself, and I know i have to I have to start looking for looking for something else outside this company so that that's the day I asked my teammate my most intimate teammate to go on the lunch with me and tell her everything I want to do. It was a very it was a very how do you say I was so it was a very in- intimidating experience because when you have someone in the in the office space who know you so well not just as a coworker but also as a as a close friend when you tell them you're leaving the company you feel like you're betraying them so when i told her i really don't know what she will be thinking but then she said she just want want the best for me and that's a huge support for me to leave the company where i already feel comfortable but like lazy at and that in, within that week, I started to send out my resume to the gym like crazy. And at that time, I thought fitness coach is something that I want to do. That's like the thing. When I make a career change, my life is like, I made it. I yeah. don't, I, there will be like no other changes in my life. But like literally, I know there was such a wrong perception about career change.
0: Well, what was interesting to me is that you basically like when you turn 30, it sounded like you realized that. I've been living my life kind of what I think other people wanted for me, right? Like the prestige and the, and the money or whatever. And then you're like, no, I'm going to pursue what I want now. And where it, it sounded like up until then where you felt the most alive was in the gym. So, right. so you're like, okay, it's gotta be fitness. <laughs> and then right. wind all in on that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so keep going. I, I think you, you mentioned that, um, but that wasn't yet the the still the the final destination for you,
1: right? Um, as you said, I didn't make the connection of by like, me being in the gym, um, and why I feel so alive. Later, I realized it's it's the moment that you have to be so focused on lifting when you are holding when you are grabbing the barbell when you are lifting. You have to be so in such an intense present with, with with yourself. You have to face your own fear, and so that's actually what kept me alive. It's not about keep gaining weight and having this linear progression. Although, like that could be sustainable for maybe a short amount of time, but eventually, in your training journey, you will be injured. There will be there will be some other things that came in that you have to take a step back. It's not always linear, but at that time, I felt like that linear progression is what kept me going in my life instead of like when you were working in a job and then like sometimes your project gets canceled all sudden all the hundreds of hours you put into the project was just like eh gone so like um, later I realized that's what I want for me like even now and when I was exploring I know that that keeping me alive this intense presence this being with myself this facing fear is what I'm looking for for my path onwards but at that time when I was just making a, my career change I put so much in a job description. I felt like I thought I want a title as a fitness trainer and that it's going to give me everything. But what I didn't realize is um, there are so many aspects involved in doing fitness training that doesn't really align with how I want to live my life. Like I want to I wanna have my freedom and I want to be able to control my time. I have very energy reserved for interacting with other people all the time. If I have like twenty-four hours a day, I need 20 hours for me. And then maybe like two hours for family, two hours for friend. And that's max. But being a gene, you need to constantly talking to clients, regardless of their background, regardless if you are really aligned with, if you are re- you really have rapport with each other or not. And so that's that dreaming that year of being a coach dreaming so much. I was so shocked. I was like, I thought this is my dream. I thought I made it, I will be making, I will be like I will be there when I finally made a transition but I wasn't where where am I like where am I going I didn't know but at a time I took um I met my my then Tinder date who is like cheering over there right now my <laughs> yes. then Tinder date who is a digital nomad and I he got, he was going through his own transformation journey, quitting his consulting job and become a freelance trainer, and now digital nomad in Taiwan making no money. I <clears throat> I feel like I'm, hey, wait, where am I now? <laughs> I was so I was so like attracted by the way he lived his life, and he he then hosted a course called Reinvent, where he basically shared his journey and his perspective about work, and then connecting with this fifteen. Students from around the world sharing their own transformation journey, and that's the time I ne- I was like I need to do something. And funny thing I haven't mentioned the reason why I was able to like take the courage to quit my tech job is because I read Tim Ferris' Four Hour Work Week, mm-hmm. and I have the idea of digital nomad in my mind, and also listening to all the podcasts about these cool people sharing their own vulnerability and using their own vulnerability to empower us mm-hmm. make me wonder if one day I can host my own podcast, share my own journey to empower other people. So th- during that course, I made a vow like, last uh, during the last session of the course, I will set up just one podcast episode and then put on my cover onto a channel. And that's what I did. I felt I was so scared at that time. I didn't really believe in myself, so I was just telling myself, "If I can make five episodes, and I don't want to do it anymore, I will stop." But then it just keeps snowballing. I have the greatest friendship of my life. I also I also met my current business partner who is in Australia. We never met before. Been working for two two years, C- create our online community and online course because. I met him on the
0: podcast. So to to kind of um re- reiterate, so when you went to be a fitness trainer, you were primarily focused on that job title. Like fitness trainer is what I want because I felt good when I was in the gym. And then you realize, oh wait, th- what they do, their day to life is different than what I thought. Right. Um and when you met your um when you met your current husband, you said that you really admired his um, his lifestyle. Is it the digital nomad lifestyle? Like, what was the part that you admire that made you decide to take his um, course, and which led you to your podcast?
1: Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. So, first of all, digital nomad is something I really want to try. But there are a lot of douchebags in the digital nomad world. Whenever. Some of some of them just really like they know like there are some girls who want to be a digital nomad too, and then they use it as like a way to exchange. Like if I help you become digital nomad, digital nomad, then then you you should be receiving my verbal abuse tour, like like shaming you or all the other stuff. I yeah. met a lot of shitty men like that, but Paul is a completely different case. I was I really want to live a digital nomad life, but I don't know what to do. Especially if I become a trainer, then I, that means I have to basically stay in a gym my whole life. But at that time, I really had no other, no other imagination about possibility. So when I met him, I was like really fascinated. He is so generous. He is so generous in helping everyone that I mentioned for like, without asking any return. And so I think it's his existence. Oh my god, kind of want to cry now because we. <laughs> I think it's like his existence made me think of a a totally different way of being in this world. Yeah. And so I really want to know what he what his what he has been, been through, and I really know that really want to know how to think about work in a different way.
0: Yeah, and and we both know him, and I um I totally understand what you mean about it's. It sounded like, um, like, up until then, you had this lifestyle that you wanted, like you, you read about it in the four hour work week, but you know, you met some people that were not very, you know, very uh, productive for your you. Right. And, um, That's a better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> or douchebags, as you know. <laughs> um, I, I, and, uh, but then you met this example, you're like, Oh, I can live this life, there's a way to do it. And there's a way to do it as a, you know, as a good person, right? right. And you can enjoy it. and, and, and It's, I find that a lot of times um, when, um, when we um, learn, like when we, um, like a lot of times there are things that we logically understand, like, yes, this is possible, but until we see examples, it's really hard to intuit what that means and Mm -hmm. what that feels like. Um, So that I am so happy for you that that happened. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And, um, and then you took the course, what was the course called again? It's called reinvent. Reinvent, and um, and it's about What is it about? It's very
1: and- really similar to our coaching call. But it's uh, you have like pre-recorded videos that walk you through different type of exercise at fit for your setting. Um, Life designs Odyssey journey to like imagine like in five years what would you want to do differently for different type of lives that you can live, and also going through your personal and work values and all the stuff. So like each week you are understanding yourself more from different perspectives, and at the end of the at the end of the fourth session you will do something that. Challenge you and potentially will re- will subvert your current life into a completely different way of living that you can't imagine.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. And uh, for you, that was your podcast, right? Yeah. That was the thing you decided to try. I- and I'm very curious. What led you to um, What led you to decide that podcast was going to be the thing that you wanted to do?
1: I have I have several others in mind, like building a page for, like set up a website, build a page for it, and all that other stuff but then i realized none of them is not going to change my life as much as actually at that time i didn't know that podcast is going to change my life as much but i know that it's something that i want to do cuz like actually for whenever after i change my my job every day i was thinking that i want to host my own podcast but i was so afraid i was thinking well, I am someone who doesn't have a sports science background. I just transitioned to fitness industry. And in Taiwan, fitness industry is like very hierarchical. They really respect how many years have you been practicing this profession. So if I host a podcast, people might be judging me like, oh, oh how dare she, she hosts this podcast? Who do you think he is? She doesn't even know the basic human body, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of negative self-talk in me. But I know that it's something I want to do because I, I see a lot of people struggling. They want to live the life... They want to at least take the step to get to the next stage of their life. But they're yeah. so afraid. And I really want to like empower them. And at the same time, I feel so lost in the fitness industry. I was like, this is my dream job, but I don't get any joy out of it. And at the same time, there are so many people I respect in the fitness industry. They seem to be thriving. They enjoy it. And they are so humble at the same time. They empower so many people like me. So I want to connect with them, and I want to share their story with other fitness coach. I know that I know is as lost as I am. I was at that time.
0: Right, right. And um, so, what happened? Yeah. So after you started uh, the podcast, you just ran with it, and um, sounded like you really enjoyed it. And you even met like your business partner and everything. And um, what I, I'm curious, what happened after that? Because I know Curious Barbell came about at, at a certain point, right?
1: Right. So I, um. I met, I think it's what happened is like hosting the podcast completely made me rethink about my, my being, my worth, my value. And what does it mean to build connection with humans? I invited a lot of like quote unquote famous people that I was very afraid of talking to them. But then when I talked to them and I get into like the really vulnerable part, vulnerable part of their life stories i understand that we are all the same i there are i use a i use a way of recommendation where like one guest will recommend another guest and i'll interview them but then sometimes they give me the recommendation and i was like who am i how can i how can i interview them it's not possible I postponed interviewing those guests so much until one day I was like, okay, I have to do it. And then when I really connected with them, when I really connected with them, they are like the kindest human being in the world. And they share the same the, the same fear as me too. I was so afraid that I would be like impolite or people think that I'm too like, uh I don't know, not professional. But then when I contacted those quote unquote famous people, they have the same fear. They're like, am I being too impolite? Am I, am I being not professional? Like, Did I help you? Like, what can I, what what more can I help you with? It's this understanding of like we are all the same as human beings in this world that empowers me and like really started to imagine more, more possibilities of like what I can do to help other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I really love about you, Angie, and your story is that you, really like listen to yourself. And and I'm sure this came over years of like, you know, doing it. It's like, you listen to yourself, like, what is, um, where am I? I, Like, why, you know, I'm not feeling happy here. Or I'm like, where's this fear coming from and all of that. But then you go in, you do the thing anyway. And then you, and then after you take action, it, it sounds like you use that to kind of like give you feedback into like what to take, what to do next. Um, uh-huh. yeah
1: it definitely I- didn't come easy for me every time yeah. i reach out to someone on instagram or their email like i feel this my my stomach is like cringing and i feel nauseous yeah even these days when i'm contacting people i still feel the same but like i think before those that fear will grasp me and make me immobilized but now i can see that fear rising in me but yeah. then have it set aside next to me without controlling my action
0: yes and i know you've done like um like a lot of introspection work as well on on that as well yeah do you want to talk a little bit more about about that
1: uh what type of
0: yeah like um i i know a lot of the things so i when in our conversations like very few people I've met like go into details about like, this is what I thought. This is like what my fears were. And, um, and this is how, you know, and, and then I realized that, oh, because this was a limiting belief. Um, I, I want to take this next action. And, um, I actually, I'll, I'll give it actually before we even talk about that. Um, let me just ask you what were some of your limiting beliefs that you may have noticed. Uh-huh. Like when you did, um, you know, transition right away from your tech company to the uh, to fitness training, and then to your podcast, like were there, like, what were some of the doubts that arose, right? Like you mentioned, like you didn't, you didn't feel like you had credentials or expertise to interview people. Mm-hmm. And why did you go on? Why did you go ahead and do it anyway, right? Even though you had those fears?
1: I want to connect with him and I'm not really seeking answer. I'm seeking answer to I'm seeking to answer like why am I existing in this world? Like why why am I not happy in the dream job that I I thought that I it, thought. it is. And so the that desire of seeking answer. That's what drives that's what drove me to to do like all the podcast interview. Do
0: you, do you mean like that drive to like understand like what is going on why am i like still not happy even though i think i got what i wanted like that drive it was like it it overshadowed the fears that you had basically right even if like it's like even if i i don't feel good enough doing this like i have to know (laughs) like i have to figure this thing, this question out for myself and i can't know unless i try
1: and i feel like this feeling has nothing to do with what you are really capable of or what what your credential is yeah and because i sorry when so i graduated from like the best high school and college in taiwan and i went to columbia when people people are always so fascinated like why does this columbia girl do it working as a personal trainer in 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 a gym in taiwan yes but for me at that time i would my thought was they were gonna find out that i Does't deserve everything that I earned before they're gonna find out that i am am fake that I would just like I was just lucky to get into those institutions and then so i was trying I was trying so hard to prove myself worth it my whole life like even till now those imposter syndrome never really like fundamentally left me but i I think that every day I'm still continue to collect more evidence that I am good enough to like over to like, Hey, tell my imposter in my head to get away from me.
0: Yeah. I find that the fears in the imposter syndrome, it never goes away. I I don't, I don't, for me either. I don't think it ever goes away. And I think that um, waiting for it to go away is a losing battle. Um, It's always going to be there. Um, Yeah. But I feel that, and let me know if you resonate, like the voice gets softer kind of over time as I like, I love what you said, collect evidence, like as I collect evidence that, you know, I can do things, right. And sometimes I don't do it well, but other times I do. So I collect the evidence and the imposter syndrome, it the voice starts quieting down. Um, of course, it, it rises again whenever I try something new. But it's like, after going through this cycle, so many times, you kind of, you kind of get used to it. <laughs> do you do you ever feel that? The-
1: yeah, I do like, and you mentioned before like what type of reflection practices I do. So we we both do like reflection in the morning, right? I did yes. what Julia Cameron call as morning pages, where you just free writing three pages in the morning. And then I found a very interesting pattern before before when I was writing like I'm not gonna now, like who am I to do this? Like I will never succeed, and it will end with a softer maybe. But maybe I will succeed. Maybe I am good enough. Maybe it has nothing to do with I'm good enough now. I just need to do it. And these days it comes with <laughs> these days those bad thoughts was countered with a very aggressive positive thoughts. So when I was writing like, I'm not good enough, uh, I don't deserve to ex- exist in this world some like really dark thoughts and then the next sentence would be, well, screw you, I'm good enough. Don't don't you dare to talk to me like that. I'm going to prove you that I can. I see this interesting personas rising in me. Like this, as like internal family system called these different parts of me started to like be really, really apparent in my, in like manifested in my consciousness that I will be able to like use the part that I think that serves me more to talk to the part that want to drag me down.
0: Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I we need to talk about this, Angie. I just discovered the book Internal Family Systems. Did you read it? Is this what I, you're talking about?
1: I think so. I think since it's like a methodology, I don't know if we're reading exactly the same book. I, but... I'm not
0: reading it yet. I just discovered it, and the, the 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 topic fascinated me. That can can you um for for our listeners describe what internal family systems mean?
1: Okay, so I'm not a psychologist. I'm trying my best to like describe what I know about yes. m- know about it. So basically, it says that when we were like babies, there are so many things that we can control. So when one thing happened to us that has a negative impact on us, it could be like we are crying in the dark and then no one is no one's coming to save us, mm-hmm. or we are. We 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 catch we catch a sickness or like when we are older that we want to buy a toy we want to tag along with our parents to a supermarket and they want us to stay home. Those type of abandoned or being neglected moments, we are we feel so powerless that we unconsciously develop another persona to help us deal with it, mm. to protect us from, to protect us from feeling the same powerlessness again. But as we grow up, we have all the agency to push the stuff we want and build a relationship with, with each other, those hurt inner child, they didn't go away. They still think that they need to protect us. So for example, when we were thinking, when we, when we were a kid and then we may be very observant and see there is a facial expression change in our parents' face. And then we know that the next thing is that they are going to be very angry at us. And now, when we're talking to our boss, we see the very similar a very similar facial expression mm. appeared on his face. We suddenly feel so fe- like so scared. We're so scared that the boss is going to get flipped out on us. But actually, he was just thinking about his own stuff, his own family, or he's thinking about how to compliment us. <laughs> but though the the hurt inner child, they are so ready to come out and protect us. That it ima- meant. Immediately give us, tell us to bring our defense mechanism up. Yeah. So we become defensive, even though it's like unnecessary because there's no one going to flip out on us. They're just wanting to help us. And so this internal family system is a way to help you recognize different parts in you mm-hmm. that was built up in your past and then recognize the most fundamental good part of you should be the one that dominates these conversations yeah and so whenever you feel like something's going up that you have unnecessary emotional reaction to the current situation you're gonna sit down and then you have to observe which part of you is dominating now and let the good part of you talk
0: to that part yes i that resonates with me a lot and i i want to share when you were talking about journaling i've i've been journaling for a while now and whenever I journal, it's like a different voice would come out and start writing. And then another voice would come out and start writing in a different tone. And I feel like if somebody reads my journal, they will think I'm schizophrenic or something, because it's like multiple people are talking to each other. And, and what you're saying makes a lot of because what you're saying, that's exactly my experience when I'm journaling. It's like I have different parts of me, and most of them are children, like most of the parts of me feel like they're five years old, or eight years old, which makes sense, because I think those, those are the moments when like, our beliefs get ingrained in us, right? Um, So I have the fearful side of me, and then the lonely side of me, and they're usually kids. And then there's this adult part, which is the me now. And I guess, sometimes I feel like, this is the part that needs to kind of like speak to all these kids (laughs) and be like, we're safe. We're okay. Um, just because that man, you know, looked at me a funny way, doesn't mean it was the same person as, you know, as in the past who who triggered me. Um, and, and that, so that I find that to be very, um, very fascinating that there seems to be like, like actual, like a psychological like theory around this now that it is not just, you know, us going crazy. (laughs)
1: yeah and I think like i I was recently taking out a course, and then it talked about this this very central good part of us how do you identify it and then make it serve you more is through identify the direct sentences in your journals so if it's other like hurt parts, they will have a lot of questions, a lot of struggles, a lot of complicated sentences, but that essential good part of you they will give out a comment like. Do not worry. You can do this. I trust you. Very simple and direct comments. So when you recognize those in your journal, lean into it more and then try to bring it out more in your future journaling.
0: What kinds of questions did you find arose for you a lot? Like repeated questions?
1: Um, it's mostly things that I want to do, but I wasn't doing. Hmm. So like, how, how can I be myself? How can I be alone with myself more? How can I talk to my partner in a way that I wanted more? How can I create this nourishing mo- moments for me more?
0: Right, right. And um, so it sounds like a lot of it is, is really self-directed. The, these questions, like, I, I feel like the common theme between like these questions that you just raised is more is like, how can I, how can I f- Thrive more, basically, in life. Right,
1: right. I, I know I could be thriving, but I wasn't. Why?
0: Yeah, and this brings me back. I, I you just reminded me of something you said earlier, and I wanted to ask about this. You said I wanted to serve all the time, but I know now that I actually don't want to serve. What is that? Do you remember what what that means?
1: Okay, so I have this weird when I was when I was studying at ASU, I went to um. I went to Hawaii once and for seven days and I see those like long hair, super tan mom. They're just like surfing on the beach. They look so cool. And at that time I was like, surf being a surfer is exactly what I do for my like um, Duty free, duty free, (laughs) responsibility free, worry free, and then just be in a be with a C every day. So I have that impression imprint inside me so much that when I was applying for grad school in the states, I applied for University of Hawaii, but eventually I chose Columbia because it's more prestigious, and I was Mm -hmm. in this. So, like, negative self talk lived that why are you not? Why didn't you go to Hawaii all the time when I was at Columbia? And that was actually the most depressed year of my life. Wow. And I was just keep thinking that I want to go back to Hawaii. I need to apply for their PhD program or I need to go back to Hawaii to work there because I want to live this type of lifestyle. And when I went back to Taiwan, I still trying to do the same thing. I keep looking at the jobs at Hawaii until when I finally quit my tech job, I decided I need to. I need to fulfill this dream. At least go back once and see if there is any chance that I want to, like, maybe I can find a lead and I can le- live there or what. Yeah. So I booked a ticket and I went back and I found out I don't like surfing at all. Like, <laughs> and I don't want to live in Hawaii anymore because it didn't make me feel like I was. I am thriving as I do in other parts mm-hmm. of the world, and so that was just like a a fake ideal life that was imprinted inside me mm-hmm. for so many years that I wasn't able to let go and live my life. And right. so I, I think maybe we'll talk about it later about the Odyssey journey that we can do for like <laughs> experimenting what alternative lifestyle we want to live and really do experiments to yeah. to like let go of the dreams that doesn't serve you and focus on building the good life that you deserve to live right now.
0: Yes. I would love to talk about that. Cause one of my one of my biggest struggles, and I know from talking to lots of people, it's a it's a huge thing is that we we have we go through the same thing where it's like we we make choices based on, you know, prestige and what society sets for us for like, I think most of our lives. And then up to like up to a certain point, you start there's this gnawing like Desire for a different life, like a lifestyle that you've envisioned or you know, a lifestyle that you've seen elsewhere, like with the surfing in Hawaii, that just keeps gnawing at us in the back of our minds. And some people wait like decades before they finally like go try the thing that they want to do, right? And others, like like in your case, I think you know it's like you you went and and did it like you know after um uh university, um and then and then when you try it, you realize oh I don't really like it. And I think for people who wait like decades before they finally try it and then they find out they don't like it, it's soul crushing. Cause Mm -hmm. they're like, I spend like, like, like 30, 40 years, you know, living a life I didn't want. And then I tried my dream and then realized I didn't want that either. I'm like 50 now, (laughs) you know, and, and it feels very, very bad. Um, so I'm very curious if you, if you have any, um, yeah, if you have any ideas on how people, um, can, I guess, figure that out sooner. Right. Um, and what's interesting is that after you did the Hawaii thing you didn't just break down and decided you know you you, you you're done like <laughs> like you don't know what your dreams and passions are like you kept you kept moving forward and trying to figure that out. Um I I don't know if this Odyssey thing I've never I I don't know what it's about but do you think like that that would be useful for that kind of problem Oh yeah
1: so so that's the That's the three types of life that we can live over the next five years. That's the Uh, Odyssey journey. So, Odyssey is a, a figure in the mythology, right? And he went on his grand journey of like battling, and like it's actually just a journey of like exploring who you are. And this concept of Odyssey planning was, is, um, came out from a book called Designing Your Life. It's using design thinking to take the steps you need to like verify if this is the life you want. And it was invented by Stanford professors. I think Stanford Design School. Yeah. Um, the first step that you can do to realize what you really like is to take, it's, it's called AEIOU method. Basically, you do a journal log of what you do every day. It doesn't have to be work-related, but basically you... Uh, evaluate each item each work text you do and then analyze if this work test put you in the flow make you feel more, more energetic or the opposite and how happy you are in doing those stuff and then you're analyze you're going to analyze that task according to who you talk to what medium you use do you use computer do you use phone and like times i think like the objects the thing you're working on and all I don't remember that exactly stuff, but basically you analyze your work text in, from many different spec- uh, perspectives. Then you do a like a summary analysis mm. about what are the thing the group of things that make you alive, put you in a flow and make you feel like your life is worth it. And then you analyze what's the coherent trace within that. So that's actually the type of work that you are or the, the type of life that really serve you
0: are these things that you've done before or things that you haven't yet, but you're just imagining yourself doing it and then and then writing down like, you know. Um, oh no, the, it's got,
1: really journaling of what you do every day now.
0: Every day now. So
1: you can have a very like clear understanding of your emotions going on. And then after that, through that group of things that bring you into a flow state, you started to do um, a mind map, creating all sorts of ideas that you can work as your as your future career options, then okay. choosing three keywords out of those mind map map out five years of different like three different lives you can live the first one is the current life you're living now mm-hmm. and for the next five years, what your life will be like are you being promoted? do you have kids? did you try different hobbies? do you build side business and the second one is the one that you really want to live um but haven't get a chance to try right. and the third one is if money and pres- I think money and time is not concerned. So basically, yeah. you don't have to sacrifice anything. And then you can just do whatever you want, what type of life you want to live. Right. And so these are the three odyssey planning that you can do. And for me, when I was in the tech job, wanted to try personal trainer, but also wanted to be a surfer, <laughs> tech job was my first life. Personal trainer is my second life, and surfer was the third life. If money and time is not concerned, what would I do? Mm. I quickly found out that the third life is just something that I made up. It doesn't really fit into, like, being Hawaii doesn't put me in the flow states. I don't feel more energized living there. And that's what I found out uh, through hosting a lot of life design workshops, too. A lot of people, their third life is the life that keeps them from experiencing their current life in the fullest, but also the one that is totally inconsistent with how they wanna do. It's just a made up dream.
0: That's so fascinating. So, okay, I wanna reiterate. So, when you imagine your first life, the first life is the life you're living right now. Right. The second life is the life that you haven't gotten a chance to try yet, but you would like to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, assuming everything else is the same, same money and time and all that. And then the third life is if time and money weren't a question, like you can ma- wave a magic wand and have it, what would you have?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: w- what you just said, I, I've never um, – that, that fascinates me. You said um, for most people that you've interacted with, the third life is one that is something that they dream about but it's not really coherent with what they actually actually want. Mm-hmm. Is that – right? Yeah, that's I had a very similar experience when I um like I started my business. I wanted to be um like a scrappy entrepreneur, right? Like I there was something about being like a self-starter and like being really scrappy and I was really I was really all bought into, you know, the whole like hustle and Gary Gary V's like like I I don't know, I loved I I don't like I loved hustle culture for some reason. I don't know why. And I wanted and I thought I wanted that because it made me feel like so powerful, but also free at the same time. And then I realized very quickly that life was not for me. Um, Actually, it wasn't very quick. I I think um, it was a slow burn to to kind of realize that that wasn't exactly the lifestyle that I wanted. And um, I actually wanted more structure in my life than I thought. I thought I wanted complete freedom, but then it turn into chaos Mm -hmm. um so uh, that that makes uh that makes a lot of sense um to me um and so the the second um are you still doing this exercise now
1: like i did it every like i think i I did it every year and every year it's so every year the second life will move up to the first life become the current life i'm living now but now i i see a trend that after i become um just like solopreneur creating my own stuff yeah my three life will be kind of the same just with a little bit tweak of differences right but i think one thing is very important when people are thinking about trying the other life that they want to try now is to do small minimum experiments yes it's like building the empty part of those type of the, the same concept for me it would be before i quit my tech job i can start taking clients before i really quit and be and like be broke in a fitness industry <laughs> <laughs> then I will I will be able to know I actually don't enjoy giving my energy out the whole day right. that much. Then I will be able to seek other solutions. And right now, the experiments I'm making is I want to start going to this live design and then live coaching, live coaching bit um type of uh, projects. But instead of going all in with like a lot of money spent on the certificates, I can start taking some some friends or family and then just do it for free to see if I really like it and if I do maybe find a work exchange or like a paid position inside the life coaching industry to see how people act and live their life in that industry and so the I'm still continuing to do a lot of experiments because I think that life is not if you really like reach your dream life at this perfect moment what's the point of keep living (laughs) everything is so predictable everything is so like dead so if you're a living person you definitely your your dream life or like the thing you want to do the energy you the energy you want to feel the attention you want to spend on the project will continue to be evolving depending on the things that you're doing right now
0: yes yes absolutely and i i really am very curious angie so you um uh, back to like your you know you have this um you have Karie Sparbell going, which is your podcast, and all of that. What made you decide or realize that you want to go more down this like life coaching, life exploration path?
1: Uh mm-hmm. huh. So even though I started my podcast as a fitness-oriented one, I always ask about why do those fitness people choose their choose the decision for their life, and like what made me what make them alive. And so I found out, like I wasn't really aware that those are the questions that I'm interested in, instead of fitness knowledge. Yeah. And so I have all the, basically all the feedback I got from my audience and my biggest fan, they are all focusing on the content of life exploration w- within my fitness podcast and so like some people that really re- they just like want to schedule a call with me ask me about their life decision which i was really <sighs> confused at the time I was like what are you talking about my fitness podcast <laughs> why do you want to talk about this with me yeah and then but it, it keeps repeating and becoming a pattern and i feel like i really enjoyed it and so i hosted a tiny like five people workshop and when i was in taipei and then i i feel so alive like so alive that i would I didn't experience in doing all the other fitness stuff I do. Yeah, and then so like that—that's how I. What
0: was realized. the workshop about? Was it about it's, life? Exploration? It's exactly
1: using designing your life. <gasps> yeah. To to plan out what the, the odyssey they want to do, and then have them do one small experiment. So there is another girl who is also like in tech and want to be a fitness trainer. My challenge for her is to start taking clients. Right. So she's training. Uh, so she's working in his. Her company now and then she chained her colleagues during lunchtime
0: yeah i see i see so angie what you just described sounds like you were already experimenting with uh with this life exploration path right you explored I... it already with your the the fitness right in your, your fitness audience actually a subset of that you actually took them and ran a ran a workshop with them and um even just that one-on-one conversations you have with them like I, it sounds sounded like you helped them a lot with their life exploration
1: i really like that that's the um i feel like doing doing live design those type of coaching doesn't drain my energy and i talk, i love one-on-one deep conversation mm-hmm. and then so like doing that i feel more i feel like more alive walking out of the conversation than be, even even before
0: i enter the conversation hey listener I hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you like this, please leave a review, subscribe, or share with a friend. And if you'd like to read my weekly newsletter on self-discovery, work with me one-on-one, support my work in other ways, or simply just say hi, go to lucyliang.com or check out the show notes to learn more. And now back to the show. That's great, and I, it's one of the things that I think keeps recurring in like the things you're saying is that you pay attention to your feelings. You pay attention to your feelings, and then like you sometimes will journal on them and see what you know what the, all the voices have to say and then you actually take small steps you do little experiments to see if this like the second life this number two the second life that you're thinking about is something that um that that is coherent right and aligned with what you actually want and what i love is that each experiment that you've done you've learned something from it it wasn't like this didn't work oh well you know back to the drawing board it was like it seems like that it didn't this didn't work because because for this reason and that reason, right? Like either it's like, you know, this didn't work because I realized I didn't want to be, you know, at the gym, like, first of all, tied down to one location and also like be interacting with so many like draining conversations. And then you also realize that, oh, as you're having conversations with people, like through your podcast, you realize there are certain questions that energizes you and uh, right rather than drain you. And you use that to kind of like now shift your focus to maybe I'm actually more interested in these life design kind of, kind of topics. And, um, I, and, and I, I love that. I love that. It's like always forward moving, but you, you've you not like, and I love what you said about um, something about like reaching, if you actually are living your dream, like quote dream life, the way you think like life is just going to be boring, right? Like you're, you're like, you're making like this journey is, is really, like the journey is part of the life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we we will have the idea of a dream job is really when we focus so much on fitting our life into a fixed, limited job description. When you are really building the life you want, there is no dream job because everything you do, like if okay, even if I really build a life coaching business, I still need to learn like SEO. I still need to like commit to write, and those are not stuff that I really yeah. like most excited about, but I will be on a general good direction. Yeah. Right? That uh- I will be able to like build a life with the, with the biggest percentage of time that I feel energized and then limiting the stuff that I don't like. But I do leave out a lot of, <laughs> a lot of details when I was chatting with you. Right. Uh-huh. Cause um, there are a lot of things that I'm continuing to unlearn too. When I say I am experimenting with the life coaching, I still put fo- I still put a lot of hope on bringing the fitness business um, forward. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened really interesting these uh, days actually these past few weeks, is we're launching our second cohort course, oh, nice. and then that is with both cohort and self paced one. But then we found out no one registered for the cohort; they all registered for the self pace. I was really concerned. Effort. For one second, I felt like a failure, but actually, I ha- I was very relieved, and I scheduled a chat with my partner, with my business partner in Australia. I have no clue what he will react. Maybe he will be like mad at me not doing marketing enough or he will be like frustrated for putting so much work. But then when I open it, I, I turn on a computer screen and I say, hey, so like the cohort is not held in. and And he was like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's the time I realized that we were both forcing ourselves yeah. to do a cohort course that we think will make us more money. But then we both, deep down, we both know that we don't get we don't have that much energy and we don't have time for that cohort course anymore. We just don't want to face the fact. So actually our client choose the path for us. So I'm I'm really continue to learn about what I want and what I really want every day. It's it's not easy. It's really not easy.
0: Yes. It's a, it's a practice for sure. That, (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, so uh, Angie, you mentioned like some of the experiments you're doing these days, right? Like with the life exploration, um, are there, are there any others or is this like your primary, the primary thing you're kind of working on right now?
1: Yeah, life coaching is the primary thing I'm working on right now. But I also taking baby steps to connect with the creative side of me. So yeah. I'm learning watercolors and all the stuff.
0: Nice. And what, uh, what lessons have you learned so far from your experiments?
1: Mm, I learned that even within the, the realm of life coaching, there are all sorts of people there so and and then money is really not the most important thing for me, yeah, but it does relieve my guilt a lot. So, I think that what I found out is what what I, do you mean
0: by guilt? um what kind my of my guilt? guilt of
1: like some because like we're running a cohort based course, and then so our income comes like very periodically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When a time and I'm I was just idle and not really building my business, I feel super guilty. Mm. but if i i'm currently taking some freelance gigs now and i found out that even though it's not like what i'm most excited about if i put if i can put my 100 percent focus on the work and then give me a very high income return i actually doesn't hate it as much
0: yeah what um i this came up during our last coaching session i think um or you with uh with in our group coaching um where you mentioned that you realized that you used to be very focused on the, on the money when it comes to your work, right? I mean, money is obviously a big important part of work. Um, but then you realized that the way you were reacting to certain things, like the things that made you more money, you weren't really positive or, or you weren't as excited about, but then there were things that would make you less money, but you realized you were more excited to talk about it um, with other people um, I'm, I'm curious, did you want to share your experience with that? I, I I don't know if that was the same as your, um, um, as your uh, fitness cohort launch or was it something else, a different experience? Um,
1: I do. Um, I think like if, if there are, if there are any money coach in your audience pool now, they are be like, this girl needs some money coach. <laughs> I do feel like, okay. So, so I, wh- when I talk about like me wanting to be a hippie, I think that also comes with a idea that I am born as a starving artist, mm. those type of mentality. Mm-hmm. And so I think like for the past two years when I was building my business, I am battling with that so much that I don't deserve money, that I'm an imposter, that when people pay me, they will want a refund because the thing I, I built was not good enough, which never happened.
0: I will say that's a very common belief for, for people. Oh, yeah? it's, a, it's a very common thing for people to have to work through, especially I I feel... um, um like, like people in our, um, I I don't want to say like all Asian cultures, but there's this like work hard mentality, right? It's like, you have to work hard for money kind of thing. And you don't deserve, you have to earn it. Like, you don't like you, you, you have to do a lot right in order to earn, earn your keep. And, um, I, I think like it, it, it it, it develops great work ethic, but then it also kind of develops this, oh, I don't deserve it. I, I also actually, to be honest, I see it a lot in women, more than men oh, yeah? <laughs> this, this like i don't deserve money kind of thing um unless i like sacrifice like you know suffer for it
1: oh <laughs> um, wow i didn't know experience. that that's
0: so fascinating yes yeah it's I,
1: also waiting to to know mm-hmm.
0: yeah and and there are definitely ways to i mean you've you, i know you're 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 you've probably read books about this like you know to re- rewire your beliefs around that but it's a Um, As you've said before, right, a lot of beliefs we gained when we were very little. So sometimes it just takes a lot of repetition (laughs) to to rewire. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But, but yeah, so you, you felt like this was kind of coming up. Like, I think what you said is like you associate, what I'm, what I hear is that you, you really, there's this lifestyle you really want and it's a lifestyle of freedom, right? It's like this hippy dippy kind of lifestyle, but it's like so beautiful and artistic and, you know, and, and free but then you associate that with not being not not making money. Is that right. is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, right. yeah. So
1: actually, so we we were, we scheduled this podcast today, and then but like last week was like the hardest week for me. I think for the past few years. Oh wow! <laughs> In terms of like thinking about work and life, I was actually so so as as Lucy, you know that I just immigrated from Taiwan to the States, and then there is a lot of attachment toward like. It's weird. What before before I really got my permanent residency and moving to the states, I I allow myself to do as much experiments as I want when I travel around the world in Mexico, Spain, and stuff. Yes. I don't want. I was. I don't want to go back to corporate life at all. I I hated it so much, and I I really don't see any point of making more money than I need, living the lifestyle back then. Because like I. I had everything like I go to the beach every day, I talk to people from different language i I'm. it was really my best life there's no point i, I couldn't imagine myself going back to a corporate job, but when I got my permanent residency, the first thing I think about is I need to get a corporate job, I need to earn a lot of money, yeah, after I go back to the states and i I still couldn't fully grasp where it come from at first, I thought it's coming from that I don't want to be seen as someone who's not productive by my my in-law family. But then after I come here, I realized like they don't care. They really love me. They just don't they just want me to be happy. So that doesn't count. Yeah. So what is it driving me now? I I think like I want to give what so I want to like justify myself for my experiences at Columbia. Cause when I graduated, I didn't really wasn't able to find like a really good job. Yeah and then the the, the Visa sponsor I guess sucks. So I went back to Taiwan. <sighs> so I feel like coming back this time I want to justify. The previous Angie, I want to justify mm-hmm. that she can be seen as successful and that she can earn a lot of money in American society,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that was that was like the opposite of what I think for the past seven years, where I cu- <laughs> I really looked down on people who just keep climbing on corporate ladder yes. and living the sad life, but now I want to be in that position, which is really confusing for for my heart too, and I recently recently just. Also found out that when we were discussing like what does success mean to me. yeah, I can't believe my definition of success right now is to feel burned out wow. and to work till middle of the night yeah. for a job that I don't like. That was so ridiculous. I would never thought about it. Till, like, I never thought about it. That's my definition of success for the past years of my life. And it only came up as a new definition of success when I'm here in the States. And so I was really confused and then talking to my friend who was a life coach. And then I realized that definition of success coming from me as a little Angie, like elementary school. And then I saw my father working at his desk mm-hmm. till midnight before he come, turn, turn his light, lamp light off and then kiss me goodnight. Yeah. And so like I was trying to I look, I look up to my father so much. I want his approval. I want to cry now. And so, like, I was was trying to force that success image for me so much now. So, like, these days, these few weeks, I'm trying so hard to, like, rewiring my behavioral and thought pattern on this.
0: I want to say, Angie, what you just, you were like, I'm going to cry. I'm like, I'm going to cry. I I, I actually resonate so much with that. I, I don't know if you, I, um when I had journaled about this, like what does success mean to me? Um, I, I can't believe the same thing happened. I was like, what success means is working really, really hard and making a lot of money and making my parents proud. And all three of those scenes were like connected. Like I realized that they were connected to each other for me for some reason. And, um, the working really hard, the making my parents proud. When, when you said that, you um it I I felt like there was almost some like guilt residual guilt inside of you when you said like I feel like I went to Columbia and I so you know I I I did all these scenes and um and so now that I'm in America I need to like you know really succeed now because what was that all for right like that was kind of the sense I I got like I have to like make I I I have a lot of that too um especially from the perspective of like my parents did a lot for me sent me to Mm -hmm. a good school all of that and um you know I was at Microsoft for a few years and then I left <laughs> you know and um, and I'm not making what I used to make and you know and I realized that I still have those scenes right it's 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 kind of like the imposter syndrome I feel like some of these voices they don't really go away they they kind of get quieter as you learn how to like talk to them um, so the voice that's like you're not you're not making as much as you used to and you know it's like it, are are you sure this is what you want to do are you successful you know and um but then i know that there's another side of me that is like it's not i don't i don't want it, it, there's like one part of me that wants success whatever definition that is and then there's another part of me that wants a lifestyle um and the lifestyle voice gets louder and louder over time and the success voice gets quieter and quieter over time. But once in a while, right, the success voice, the success voice will like scream at me and then I, you know, do some work and then it gets quiet again. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm, so I I wanted to kind of just say that, um, that I resonated a lot basically with what you, with what you just said. And I wanted to thank you for being, for being vulnerable and authentic and sharing that.
1: You too, well, thank you so much for like just being you and then like being able to meet you in my life <laughs> i think i think you you also summarize something that summarize summarized something very well for me that a lot of things i can see like two major patterns in this like yeah. life transition and job searching process one is guilt driven and one is um one is flourishing driven for me working for a li- something related to life coaching with um a, a decent pay, maybe not as much as like the corporate pay, but still like good enough. That was flourishing driven. And the guilt driven is making me some, pursuing something that I know I will hate yeah. and burned out. But then that would be something that I can get rid of my guilt for. Yeah. Not um, for like, basically my parents is still working. They're not retire So as, as a kid, how, 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 how did I dare to retire yet? Yeah. That's basically yeah. that guilt-driven
0: yep. pursue. I know exactly what you mean <laughs> by that. Um, and you mentioned that like last week was kind of like a really hard week for you. I think it, because of this internal like dialogue and conflict that's going on. Yeah. Did you, um, where are you now? Like um, in terms of that, did you, uh, yeah. Have you learned anything or like made, any sort of like consolidation of your thoughts around that?
1: Um, um, this is kind of intimate, but I was sure because it might be helpful for females like me. Yeah. So what happened last week is I was trying to work for this organization mm-hmm. where I, I really admire what I do and I really love their personality. But something was, I, I know that something I, I couldn't name was a little bit inconsistent with who I am mm-hmm. they are a group of very successful people running a very creative project, and they're all group of males
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so when i when I talked to my my friend who is a life coach kelly mm-hmm. she she made me realize that I have this very i have this desire to pursue very masculine team mm-hmm. and culture mm-hmm. but if we think about those entrepreneur those male entrepreneurs who are thriving, that they have a good balance of life and also earning good money, they know how to incorporate the family the family part of them into into their business. so they know how to rest, they know how to pursue the creative side of me. and then he, she told me that there for for each human being, there is a spectrum inside us the more feminine side and the more masculine side depends on who we are interacting with what what project we're working on we bring out different sides of us yes and my, my the reason why i feel so burned out last week is i want to force myself into this very masculine side for me of me that i conti- i absolutely neglect every every need of being nourished or rest or being creative yes yes and so that that is like the that light bulb for me i was like holy shit, like my whole life, I see so many patterns right now that I want to be fitting into this masculine culture, including working in a gym. Yes. And that's yeah. just like, I just got this enlightened. So like these few days, I'm still trying to processing what she said and then pay really detailed attention into, okay, what type of jobs or like freelance gig am I applying now? Who are the owners of this project? Do they live a balanced life? Do they Are they like the very masculine female or are they the more neutral gender yeah. male who knows how to take care of the nourishing side of them too? And so like the, these are the things I'm exploring right now and paying attention to.
0: I absolutely love that. Um, Angie, you just described like I think the two sides kind of that... Um that we were talking about like the success oriented and then kind of like the lifestyle oriented and they, they can coexist. I don't think the go, 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 like, you know, success and hustle oriented part is like um, mutually exclusive from like the lifestyle and like what nurtures, you know, what's like nurturing to the self, right. That part, I think they can coexist together. And I feel like the more they coexist, the more they are in harmony, like the better our work is (laughs) and the better we are. Um, I think, um, this masculine and feminine spectrum, I've like, I, I see it too, um, everywhere. And I think, um, uh, the, the way that, the way that you described it to me almost sounds like, like one is more of like results oriented, right? Like outcome focus and, um, and then like get the work done kind of thing. And then the other side is like, it's like more nourishing. It's like lifestyle. And, um, it's more like I, um. It's more it's more like um like yeah you, you said the word nourishing and it made me think like it's more like this, you know, am I am I thriving in this in this um in, mm-hmm. in this specific work that I'm doing? Am I connected, right? Am I feeling like connected? It's like am I getting to know other people and myself better, right? Versus like getting things done. Um which I think both right, you need both, but there's a I, I feel like there's a point we naturally like there's a spectrum and there's a point we naturally um, thrive in on the, on this spectrum,
1: yeah, right. That- and and for me, like the voice, like the the sensor, they are the the sensor voices in my head. They're all masculine voices. Yes. They are the one that tell me that why are you not working right now? Why are you painting? Go work. <laughs> why are you Why are you sleeping more today? Go work. <laughs>
0: Yes, I actually had a um, chat with um, a life coach as well, um, that that I know, and she was saying that rest is actually, rest and rejuvenation is actually more productive than like, a lot of our society thinks it is. Um, and I think like most people logically understand this, but don't, you know, don't actually, you know, embody this or, and don't internalize this that like, without rest without like nourishing ourselves first like we have like nothing to give or what we give is like empty and half-hearted and you know basically half-assed right um i i have you experienced that before um
1: you mean like the nourishing is actually productive
0: yeah like resting like um at least i know when i'm doing especially when i'm doing creative work if i don't like sit with myself like take myself away from the work and like sit with myself, or just go for a walk, basically do nothing. Mm-hmm. I um, if I don't do that, then I, I, I'm not going to be very creative, like, like things don't come out the way I want it to do. But I, like, after I take a break, um, I come back, and, and the ideas come, right? Or, or I start seeing, you know, idea, uh, I start seeing things I didn't see before on the paper. Um, yeah, have you had that experience?
1: Right. So I, this is something I need to learn from you, and i do have i do have um some like things that i do to make me feel more energized yeah and one thing is also really recommend this book called the artist way by julia cameron so she recommended morning pages and the artist day the artist day is you set at least 2 hours in a week just for yourself, where yes. you can only be with yourself, doing anything creative. You can be cooking, you can be taking a walk, you can go to a museum, you can paint, do yeah. whatever, go to a stationery store and buy some silly stickers to bring to like reward your inner child. Yes. So you just use that two hours, it can be more than two hours to be with yourself. And that's my that's my way of like giving me a legitimacy to rest. Yeah. And the other thing I also found out is doing i'm practicing capoeira now it's a brazilian martial art that has music and then it it's like a combination of strength but with more flow and a more physical body moving across the space and i realized that that's actually i whenever i walk into the class i might be ending up a a work day and I feel very drained, mm-hmm. but after practicing for an hour with like intense training, I actually feel so much more alive and energetic. Now that I think of, Kabura is actually a very good combination of the masculine side and the feminine side of training. Yeah. So like if I consider if I is if, if it's a spectrum, then yoga might be on a very feminine side. Mm-hmm. And the weight training, weightlifting, powerlifting is on the very masculine <laughs> side. And capoeira is you are doing strength training, but at the same time you are allowed to do almost a type of dance with music at the same time. Mm. And so, like that's something that I found super helpful for me to like balance everything. Now,
0: I love that. I love that. I've um yeah, I've never thought of that. You're right because it's got the fluidity of the dance in it, right? right. It's like I, I yeah um. I, I wanted to, I, I'm just noticing, um, cause I, when you talked about how, when you were powerlifting, you really like the feeling of power. Right. And, and that, that happens when you're kind of like in that zone and focusing on like moving the barbell. And I've, I've definitely had that experience before too. And, um, I'm, I'm five foot three. So I would consider myself also kind of like a short, I, I have like this baby face, you know, you know, like us Asian girls, we tend to have like this baby face and yeah. people think we're still in high school. Yeah. So like when I'm lifting, I'm like, no, it's like, part of my internal drive when I was like, really into lifting, it's like, I want to look like tough. <laughs> like, I don't want to be sm- like, like this little small, delicate little kid that people that I, I, I thought people thought of me as. Um, so I'm like, yes, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be powerful and strong and look big and, and all of that. Um, and then I realized that, that, well, I know now I didn't know it then, but it did put me in a lot of, um, masculine, I think energy. I, I, I remember that was around the same time I started really glorifying like the hustle culture and like, um, you know, like work hard, you know, and, uh, just like, like, uh, that was when I started following Gary Vee and, and all of that. And, and I still like their stuff. But but at the time, it was like, it became like, I don't know, like, I started fantasizing about working into midnight and being really, you know, oh,
1: so interesting. <laughs> driven.
0: Yeah. And it was really only after my burnout that I realized that I need to pull back now and focus on like, not just the goal, but the experience. Like, I don't a- enjoy the experience of burnout, <laughs> you know? Um and I started doing more yoga now, and it's so funny that you you when you did the examples of the of the spectrum, the masculine feminine spectrum as applied to um exercise you said weight training is on one end and yoga is on the other and i i recently started picking up yoga um to get myself back into that more of a flow nourishing kind of energy um and i just find it so fascinating because every time we talk, I'm like are you talking about me right now?' <laughs> <laughs> I know <Yeah>. twins. <laughs> it's oh my god it's so fascinating um um I, I just um I I think this has been so so enlightening Angie and I i so admire your vulnerability and your insight like what I don't know if you notice this but when you share even the vulnerable parts of you you have insight attached to that like there's wisdom attached to that and I th- and I think it's because you, you think about it a lot. Like a lot of people don't think about why they do certain things or why they react in a certain way. And the fact that, the fact that you, when you like ask yourself, what does success mean to you? You said it's like working really, really hard. Like I, people don't allow themselves to admit that. Um, And, and you do. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love talking to you is that, is that you, there's this lo- layer of honesty that most people don't get to, right? There's like the surface layer of honesty where it's like, you know, you're not consciously lying to people, right? You're being consciously honest. And then there's like, I feel like this subconscious level of honesty <laughs> where I-, I think it takes a lot of practice to to kind of get there. Um, I-, I don't know if you noticed that <laughs> about yourself.
1: I think this like, this is, that's a, that's a trait of me ever since I was a kid. Like yeah. I think I'm very, I wasn't really that successful. I don't have a really successful socialization uh. into a into an adulthood. <laughs> and so, when I was a kid, like I always tried to, I always f- found myself being super honest. Mm. Like I will walk into a classroom, and then I would like be staying on the stage of like maybe like a great a class a class with a grade like two two three years high, uh, older than me, and I'll be like, hey. That that guy, I really like you. And then like and then I'll be calling to like the teacher's office or like my parents will scolded me and I was like, why why can't I say that? And I felt all this honesty without knowing that it's it's a forbidden thing. Yes. It's becoming a strength for me these days, especially for helping people figure out like what they want for their life. When they cannot yes. name the emotion they're experienced, I will be go ahead and name it for them. And yeah. that naming just bring a clarity to like, to what they want to explore in the future.
0: Absolutely. I think it's like, there's being honest with other people. And then there's being honest with yourself. And when you said like, I'm really glad that you help people with like, naming their emotions. I think that's a thing that they don't teach. Um, I don't know about Taiwan, but they definitely don't teach it here in this in the in the um, States, US, um, which is like, you know, feeling like understanding what you're actually feeling, because like our emotions will they reflect the truth, right? Of like what we're really feeling, whether or not we think that's right or wrong. It's like it is what it is, and I wish more people. I'm so glad this is something you help people with because I wish more people kn- knew how important it is to listen to their emotions and yeah, get it out. Yeah,
1: we, we definitely don't teach that in Taiwan. We're yeah. a culture that suppresses emotions <laughs> oh, and feelings. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do I, I do think that it's like double edged work because we are so sensitive and so curious. Sometimes there is a lacking, yeah. There, like, I feel like I'm not. I didn't know. I don't know enough about myself. I want to know more about myself. Like, which are the ten books that I can read <laughs> next week? And I always feel like not enough time for reading. Not enough. Not enough. Like. Degree of exploration, so finding that balance is also like a goal for me.
0: Yeah, I think it's all like everything's on a spectrum, right? And it's like finding like that nice balance. Yes, yes, this is life. You just described life.
1: (laughs) Uh Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, awesome. Oh, this has been so great, Angie. I I wanted to just kind of end with a few questions about you to like you know um I I think we've already like to uh like understand like what what's important to you and all of that. I mean, we we've already covered a lot of it though, so um. I guess one of the things you mentioned um, in in your um, before uh, is that like one of the things you wanted to do is um, empower people's other people's transformation journey through movement, writing, and other forms of creativity. Why is this important to you to do that? So I
1: think just like I think it's my personal experiences of feeling empowerment through that, mm. and then just knowing that how the physiological change in your body can really bring a different type of emotional states that empower you to pursue more life goals in your life. That's what I still consider incorporating fitness and movement into this empowerment approach. Mm -hmm. But I think creativity, mm, this is hard to say. This is something I'm still exploring. Because when I was in Mexico, I when i first in contact with a type of sport that is very similar to capoeira i also started painting and this 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 cultivation of creativity sort of feel free uh, set me free from having to know everything mm-hmm. having to having to figure out every life problems all at once yes because when uh, like i okay maybe you, when you're in a gym Sometimes you want like I want to I want to lift like hundred kilos in a month yeah. because that guy next to me do that. <laughs> but then like right now I know I couldn't I I couldn't paint like those great painters in a month. Yeah, I will need to learn how to do sketching. I will need to learn different type of mediums. So I need to take it slow. And then uh, through this permission of taking it slow, I feel like I was allowed to learn like a baby, learn like a kid again, mm-hmm. just explore this curiosity. Without expecting any monetary return or reaching any type of milestone, and I see how these things combine movement fitness creativity has such an impact on me that I want to use the same combination of things to empower other people to connect with the beautiful side of them, the curious and then the the innocent kids side of them
0: yes yes that that is very that is very beautiful angie yes i and I don't <laughs> I feel like there's that when that combination is happening, then it's like we do, we do great work because it's feel it's like more aligned, I think, with what we who we are and what we really want. Um, Yeah. Um, So it I, I have another question. So if you could travel back in time to any previous period of your life and give yourself advice, what would that be? And what would you say?
1: Oh my God, I know I give you this question and I see the questions on your survey, but then I was like, (laughs) I won't know the answer, but then... Yeah. uh, Okay, I think... Every time I think about this question, I have different age. But I think today, the age is when maybe three years old and then just... I was in a playground and... I wanna tell her that mm, I wanna tell her that there is a very beautiful land inside you that is gonna stay the same no matter what you experience through your adulthood. It will never disappear, it's always inside you and you just need to go in and connect with it.
0: That's beautiful. I I I love that. I would tell myself that too. That I, I wish you traveled back in time and told me that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Angie. This has been such a such a pleasure. Um anything um, anything you want to share with our audience um, as to like what you have, you know, what you have to offer and where they can find you.
1: Mm, so I, I was talking to Lucy that I wanted to start. Writing the English newsletter. Yes, that I will. I will give you a Substack link um, when we finish our conversation. And but if you are listening and you're also Chinese speaker, that I already have a Chinese loose uh, news- newsletter that you can subscribe to.
0: Awesome. Yeah. and I will and so, include the link in the show notes. Um, and Angie, whenever you have the English newsletter, I mean, ha- uh, I'll include that in the show notes as well, so people can reach you.
1: Yay, um, thank you. And I I just wanted to tell you that I you know like before our call I was like, oh, should I reschedule with Lucy because I feel like I when I am in such a confused state of my life now, like mm-hmm. I'm not the best like eloquent like like a ambitious girl with clear goal. I don't know if what, what I can offer to her and I don't know if I will have like emotional breakdown in the podcast <laughs> or what. But Oh, your question just really make me rethink my journey in the past few years. And I have, I feel like I was re- being able to reconnect it with the part that I wanted to reconnect, but couldn't for the past few weeks. And I feel, I feel lighter now after talking to you.
0: I'm so happy to hear that. I, I, I love hearing your journey, by the way, too. And um, it, it actually energizes me, um, to hear you talk about it and your learnings and all of that. So like I think the um it's it's mutual. <laughs> I think like the good the good feelings. Um and I'm glad this this was helpful to you actually. And I think you have so much so much wisdom and nuggets to share. Um, you know, this this and you know this recurring like um I think this is a recurring demon for you, right? This like I don't I don't have expertise in this area or like, you know, I'm still not at a certain stage yet. So, um, so what do I have to share kind of thing? Um, I think we all have like our own recurring demons. (laughs) Like I have my version and I think the, you know, you have yours. Um, and my, and I find that that can be a sign that like, okay, this is, this may be the right direction to keep going (laughs) sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I see my fears almost as signs now.
1: (laughs) oh wow that's such a yeah Yeah, such a good way to put it um
0: but I wanted to say uh actually specifically um related to that is that I wish I had heard more stories from people who were like not like who who didn't have all their shit together right like who were on the path because that's where I'm trying to be on right like the people who have like made it. Well, first of all, I question if that even exists anymore, right? <laughs> Cuz even the people who have quote made it, they're still they, they still have problems they're they're trying to solve, right? So like first of all, I think that's actually kind of an, maybe an illusion of mine, but but the second thing is that like when I need um like I don't think I have all my shit together, but like the Lucy from like one to two years ago would have really benefited from my, you know, wisdom now, right? Even though like, you know, the Lucy of two or three years later might think that I'm stupid, (laughs) but it's like, there's always somebody I think that I think needs to hear your story because we're all kind of on this like journey, I guess, um, this path and we're all on different points of it. So there's always going to be somebody that is ahead of you is right, right ahead of you, right behind you. Um, and at least that's how I see it. Um, and that is why I'm so appreciative that you, uh, you know, you were very authentic and sharing everything. Like you didn't try to like pretend you got everything together, right? It's like, that's not real. Um, and I think nice. more people need to know that.
1: Thank you so much. That that also remind me of one, one more thing. So I recommended The Artist Way and Designing Your Life as a way of exploration. But yes. the reason why I was able to really switch to the life coaching is because I read this book by Jerry Colonna called Reboot. Reboot. And this is the first time I... I read something that was so true and real to how I feel living my everyday life. Yeah, and so that sort of empowered me to share my story. So if if you are listening right now and you feel like you you feel exactly the same of me and Lucy, then definitely check out reboot. That will free you.
0: <laughs> I will include all the books um, that we've mentioned and talked about in the in the show notes below. Excellent um, great and um, and where can our viewers find you or listeners and viewers?
1: Yeah, you can check out my Instagram at curiousbarbell.com.
0: All right at, Wait at Barbell,
1: not at, Curious at
0: curiousbarbell.com <laughs> and I will include that in the show notes as well. Okay cool. excellent. thank you
1: so much're
0: you're, you're very welcome. you're very welcome. Uh, it was a pleasure having you.
1: I just talking to you too all
0: right bye bye thank you for listening there are thousands of podcasts out there and I'm honored to have you join me here if you enjoyed this please leave a review subscribe or share with a friend and if you'd like to read my weekly newsletter on self discovery work with me one-on-one support my work in other ways or simply just say hi go to lucyliang.com or check the show notes to learn more thank you and I appreciate you